Welcome back everyone to the Kelly Mental Health Podcast located in Thunder Bay, Ontario. This podcast, as you know, is about life and so much more. It allows us to open our minds, our hearts, and gives us all a safe space to discuss basically all things mental health. In this two-part episode called When Body Image Becomes a Disorder, CEO Linda Kelly and myself, Cassandra Nordell, discussed the disorder called orthorexia. So sit back, relax, and have a listen. We are back. <laughs> we are ready to talk about the next topic. I feel like we really could take this, like, this could be a whole week series. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's yeah. so, so much, you know, nuance between mm-hmm. all of the different sort of disorders and, and personal lived experiences. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be orthorexia is that how you spell it orthorexia yeah orthorexia it's kind of like orthorexia like ortho you know like dr torres on grace anatomy she always there we go (laughs) yeah there you go orthorexia okay so for any of you that don't know what this is i just learned about it and um I had no idea this was even a thing. So um, basically, so orthorexia is an eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. Um, So unlike other eating disorders, orthorexia, orthorexia, sorry, mostly revolves around food quality, not quantity. Um, And so it's basically an extreme fixation with the purity of the foods and, and, um, the obsession with the benefits of healthy eating. I think this is crazy to find out. I've never, I love fun facts. I love ne- learning new things. And I, I had no idea this was actually a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only, it's recent. It was only, only came around in about 1998. Um, and it just, again, it's a, some kind of obsession with proper or healthful eating. Now, uh, disclaimer, healthy eating is very much uh, a debate. What is healthy? What is not? You know, you've got people on, you know, the spectrum of vegan thinking, you know, this is the ultimate, you know, most pure way of eating versus carnivore, which is only consuming of animal foods. And that's Mm -hmm. the most pure way. Or, you know, you try to follow the government guidelines, and there's, you know, this amount of protein versus this amount of carbs, this amount of fat. Uh, So it's a huge debate. And, and anybody that says, hey, I'm eating healthy, I usually have some follow up questions. Let's just leave it. (laughs) You know, also, I am in no way saying that eating healthy is bad. I want to get this out there because the comments I'm going to make are people might misconstrued that. So really please listen to the full podcast instead of jumping down my throat instead of me hate mail. Because <laughs> just to me, I'm, I'm finding out some interesting things and this is, this is mind blowing to me. Okay. So what do you know, any causes of this? Like, I know that obviously um, like good intentions can slowly develop into uh, full blown orth- orth- orthorexia apparently. Absolutely. So are, do you know any other, um causes like from anyone that you've dealt with um through your therapy sessions or anything like that well so in terms of causes there's never there's never tried and true like this is the cause this led to it there's always some combination of factors that may make a person sort of uh vulnerable to this kind of thing uh 
you know, with, with orthorexia, there is also no clinical treatment that's developed specifically for it. It's more so mm -hmm. kind of falls into other, other eating disorder kind of category, you know, everything all covered. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about this one is that body image is not necessarily an issue here. Mm hmm. Yeah. Whereas usually with other eating disorders, they center around body image and how you feel about yourself. So mm -hmm. orthorexia is where you start having concerns and cutting out entire food groups. So for example, all sugar or all carbs or all dairy, all meat, those kinds of things. Um, and then really your distress level about the possibility of being exposed to the things that you've cut out starts to get out of hand. So you may start to spend hours obsessing over, you know, you got to go to this family barbecue. Is there going to be anything I can eat? Maybe I'll just say I'm on medication and that, you know, you start coming up with all these reasons and excuses. Sometimes you'll even start practicing and preparing because, you know, people never take it kindly when you say no to their food. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the distress that, that follows that's really the issue I think that that's really so that's something like how sorry how you mentioned about how this isn't to do with weight it is more to do with like literally like literally what is like you're you're consuming and putting in your body mm -hmm. and I think that to me personally this is one of the most um concerning slash scariest um things like weight no, I don't want to say weight disorders because it's not a disorder but you like you know what I mean like this is so this could happen like this so often you like you know what I mean like to so many people I think about I know a lot of people in you know strong men I know a lot of people that love going to the gym and I know like they are in love with their clean and healthy eating their version of clean and healthy eating and I think to myself I wonder if anyone of, of them are going through this without even knowing it I think I, mm -hmm. I truly believe that this is, it's kind of like, um, and I don't mean to compare it, but in my mind, I have to. So um, pancreatic cancer, how pancreatic cancer is classified, and they always call it as like the, the silent killer. I feel like this is very comparable when it comes to any kind of, I'm for lack thereof, or it's just easier for me to call it uh, like a, a, an eating disorder. So mm -hmm. I think that like, to me, that is the correlation I'm making with it. Does that, mm -hmm. am, I, am I far off here? <laughs> I don't think you're far off. I, I think because it's not about restricting quantity of food, mm -hmm. uh, it, it restricts the type of foods. So malnutrition can occur if it's not, you know, a well-formulated diet. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really more the issue. You know, if you don't get enough retinol, if you don't get enough uh, taurine and choline and B12, and there's, there's all sorts of micronutrients that we need. And so over time, a lot of, a lot of times what you'll see people cutting out whole food groups is uh, they, their hunger will increase, you know, their, mm -hmm. their ghrelin signals, which is that, you know, feeling of your stomach growling and yeah. hunger, that's going to increase. And your satiety signal, your leptin is going to decrease because, you know, all you're doing is sticking energy into your body and not the building blocks that it needs. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting too, when I was reading um, a little bit more in, in depth into this, it was talking about how, you know, in this specific case, um, so say if you're cutting out um, specific, you know, dietary, whatever the case may be, say you're cutting out gluten. And if that person eats gluten, like it, it basically can cause you, you know, that like that anxiety, that shame, that fear, um, you know, some people in some cases, extreme cases, it can cause like a sense of impurity. 
um, you know, or negative, like, like those negative physical sensations like that you were kind of just talking about. So I just think that this is the scariest one for me. I, I was, I'm really shocked as to how much I have learned about this um, disorder. <clears throat> that okay. is for sure. Why, why do you think it's, it's scary for you compared with the others? So I think because there's new things coming up nowadays, as we know, right? So we're learning and there's, um, there's different, you know, diseases or just, there's different things that were, were kind of being put in front of our faces. But I think back to say high school and for the longest time, I just believed that it was, you know, um, there it was, there was bulimia and then there was anorexia. And so, and I understood it. I understood, I was taught that I went through when I was even in, you know, the social service worker courses, I, 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 I understood it. I never learned about this specific instance where the has nothing to do with weight, which is also because I know that those two do. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the physical appearance. It's the worries thing. It's basically a eating disorder that involves like healthy eating. And I think mm-hmm. now the last few years, health and um, health, nutrition, you know, going to the gym and all that kind of stuff has really increased, which is wonderful. But I think that this kind of can sneak, sneak up on a lot of people. And I think that's why it, I, I don't mean to use the word, but it fascinates me in a sense because I never saw this coming. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and just to add on to that, there's anorexia, there's bulimia, and there's binge eating disorder. Yes. And people yes. often they often overlook the binge eating disorder because in some ways it is often normalized in our society. Well, I, that's something that I do. And I know that, sorry, you think I would have mentioned that probably not (laughs) 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 mentally not talking about it. I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, so, and that's, and I think those are like the, like the three that we really do talk about Uh, maybe the binge, like, you know, eating not, not as much. And so I know that this one is newer, and I just think that, yeah, it's just something that I'm, I'm very fascinated with, um, you know, right down to like the physical effects, the, like the psychological effects. I've, mm-hmm. I, someone close in my life, I'm honestly, after reading everything about this, I truly am sitting here and I'm like, I need to talk to this person um, mm-hmm. because I see a lot of characteristics, um, you know, in, right in front of me that this, that this, like this person is doing without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is really important for anyone out there to really listen to. Um, I know obviously it's still new, but I think that this is definitely worth doing some research on it. If you are sitting there, you're struggling, you know, say if you have, I know a lot of people struggle with cheat days when they have like their cheat days, you know, and they go off of that. I know someone who ended up in bed for three days because they were so upset and broken down because they had their cheat day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. So that that's really, really, you know, upsetting for people. It's very distressing mm-hmm. that people are, are going through that. I can tell you, you know, as a person that did and, and still really sticks to a mostly low carb ketogenic diet that, the longer you're on a certain way of eating and you cut out certain food groups, well, your gut flora changes. And so for the first year that I did keto, if something happened to slip in that had actually some wheat in it, say if we had burgers that were pre-mixed and there was some, some uh, breadcrumbs, I would throw up. 
Oh, wow. My, my stomach no longer had the gut flora to break that stuff down. Um, I, I noticed nowadays that, that it's a little bit more adaptable, but so that's another thing that happens. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for keto and low carb. I think that there's a lot of parts of our food group that, uh, don't belong in our food pyramid that are not real food. You know, if we were, if we were out in the wild living traditionally, there's no way that this stuff was, would exist. And therefore it should not be part of a human diet. To me, that's a food like product. It's not food. I mean, and you know, the other thing too, is that we're talking about influences of why people start to do this. The, you know, according to statista.com uh, in by 2021, the global health market is set to be 811 billion us dollars. Wow. a year right so the it is there is marketing there's advertising there is oh, yeah. you know such a push towards trying to seek profit and exploit people mm-hmm. in this interest of trying to you know have long lives where you feel good you have energy you know you can be sad you know we're to the point where we look at social media and instagram and we see these people like you know posting pictures that are like photographer pictures of like a bowl of almonds you know and I, going, don't, I, I don't who has the time like honestly good on you but like if I'm out somewhere or even at home if I'm making my food and that's on the plate like I don't have time it's a rare occasion people see what I'm eating because I do not have time to put my fork down like I love food <laughs> like, that's honestly what it comes down to and good on you like photographers out there round of applause I'm proud of you it makes it inspires me to want to eat like that I get it I love it but I just physically and literally do not have the time to put my fork down when that thing comes to me. Like I just, Pri- I'm not priorities. that person. Yeah. yeah priorities, like, I've never been that person, you know, <laughs> it's funny. Like you, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like you mentioned about, about social media. Right. And, uh, I really want to get on top of this because I'm like, okay, so obviously my job, you know, marketing and all that kind of fun stuff. So creating like, like the design and everything. So I start looking into the uh, orthorexia and uh, nervosa and everything. And I started kind of tying into, I wanted to create an image, which you guys will see once I'm finished, but about um, positive quotes when it comes to food and I mentioned this to you, Linda, and I swear, like, if it wasn't for me learning about this, um, this, uh, what's it called, a disorder, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even looked at these quotes differently. Because I'll tell you, like, I'm gonna read a couple of them to you, and it blows my mind. So I, like, all I typed in was healthy eating quotes. And I got these. So eating well is a form of self love. Mm -hmm. eat wisely don't focus on how much you eat focus on what you eat you are what you eat this one blows my mind you are what you eat don't so don't be fast don't be cheap or easy or fake (laughs) don't focus on the weight loss focus on health and let food be the medicine so I'm looking at these quotes and again if I wouldn't have done the research on this eating disorder I wouldn't have looked at them differently but I'm really taking them differently now as, as I'm looking at them. So eating well is a form of self-love. That is a huge red flag to me. Like, I don't know why, but like, it like really stuck out to me differently this time. Like, obviously, yes, we want to take care of our bodies. And I understand that because it's the only body we have and we're stuck with it until, you know, we, we aren't anymore. 
but that these are uh, these are filled with pressure I truly as I'm reading them I think that they're really filled with a lot of pressure and so it's also I'm looking at it as if this is such a huge impact and an influence of social media on you know being healthy and what you're putting in your body and stuff so I think that social media right now and we are not friends (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. Am I crazy? Like, I'm, I just feel like this is super different and I'm reading things differently. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm just researching more. I don't know. It's, you know, I just, I see a lot of influencers using food as sort of a way to portray how put together their lives are. Like, mm-hmm. look at how people in their damn blenders. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry if you like blenders, but get out of here. <laughs> I don't, I don't own a blender. I own like a hand mixer, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't, I don't own a blender. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you're still in the club. No, yeah, I'm, yeah, we're I'm joking. You know what? There's so many people that they, they're just really, they mean so well and they're just mm. trying. But the problem is like, when you deviate from it, what do you do to yourself? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing too. It's like when I read these, you know, I'm looking at these quotes and stuff like that. It's just, my mind kind of is just, I'm blown away with how I'm reading them now because I never used to. And so I'm thinking if I'm starting, say if I'm starting to, um, I don't realize I, I have this disorder, right? And I'm sitting, um, I'm, I'm in my house by myself and I'm going through all the food that I have in, 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 in the fridge. And I'm looking at, you know, I sit down, I go on social media. My whole life is consumed right now at this point in time about, about like the food that I have and what I'm putting in my body. And all of a sudden I see this quote from my favorite, you know, health advocate, like uh, Instagrammer. And it says, you know, eating well is a form of self-love. Well, there's no going back from that. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's well, like, I guess it's like depends- oh my gosh. It depends how you interpret it because for some Very eating true. well is just like happening here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's We're very true. Well tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's you know what, you're right. And I guess it does come down to everyone, you know, looks at things differently and stuff. Um, you're absolutely right when it comes to that. And again, I'm not sitting here, I told you guys, you would probably be thinking that I'm not I'm I'm against eating healthy. I'm totally not. I love it and I'm everyone should do it. I'm just thinking, like, how would they feel? You never know, right? So and how people are reading things. I just think that social media nowadays is it's getting getting worrisome out there. Well, and that's, again, where CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, comes in because we're going to look at, well, what beliefs do you have about yourself that influenced how you perceived that quote? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was your right. perception, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. my perception could be something completely different. I could be very motivated and, okay, yes, you know, I want to eat the things that make me feel the best and, you know, I'm honoring my body. But some people might look at it and go, you're shaming me. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really a where perspective coming from. So, I, you know, the other point that I did want to make, I want to jump in about this too, is with one of the contributing factors to orthorexia is the sense of community that you build when you start a new way of eating and you go look for support. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because if you look at um, keto communities, vegan communities, uh, carnivore communities, uh, pretty much anything, even like the uh, South Beach diet communities, you will and you'll start up, everyone's very supportive, you feel like you got a sense of community, you feel like you belong. If you put up that you deviate, 
there will always be the extremists in every group that basically discard mm -hmm. you. And so there can be so much more shame and guilt from, you know, there's there, one of the one of the people that I know, she was pretty well known for doing keto for a while. She had people actually messaging her privately, calling her out because there was a picture of her uh, sitting in front of a plate of fries. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I, I know another vegan influencer that she had a huge, huge following. You know, she really meant the best, but there was a picture taken of her where she had fish on her plate and she tried to cover it. She was crucified by her own community because they said, well, okay, you were never vegan in the first place. So, you know, going back to uh, these are some of the reasons why people can develop this sort of fixation on purity. But some of the reasons people can get stuck in it, too, is because if you are eating and de deviating from your original plan, you may also be sacrificing the community that you thought was in mm -hmm. your corner. Yeah, you make a really good point. I never even thought of like that. Mm -hmm. It's honestly, it sucks. It's, you know, because then, then you also feel like not only are you yourself uh, kind of disappointed with the fact that you didn't stick to it, um, but you've also got other people's judgment. And I think other people making judgments is, it happens for all sorts of reasons. You know, some people want proof that you can't stick to a certain way of eating forever, that, you know, cutting out a certain food group is not sustainable. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think that people have to do what makes them feel the best. And sometimes, sometimes eating one way is all about making your body feel good. And sometimes eating another way is the only thing that's keeping you alive because you're depressed and you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I think you make a really good point in every situation. Obviously we talk about like a lot about different topics, but I think in every situation it's, it's different. Certain people can't eat a certain way because exactly what you said, because of health or whatever the case may be. So every body is literally different. And I think we just have to make sure that, you know, as long as each of us are being as healthy as we can and we're focusing, you know, on, on the positivity behind it and the positive, um, you know, end result and not shaming anyone for doing what they're doing. I think that that's super important. That's exactly it. Uh, we, we really have to go back to being kind to each other and, you know, really being aware of our own motivations when we're criticizing another person. Mm -hmm. Which is hard to do nowadays. Yeah, exactly. It, it is because everyone's on edge too. And so I think everyone in a way too, we're, we're looking for a sense of identity. Like a lot of times you see people uh, using their diet almost uh, as a way of creating identity. That's why we buy shirts with, you know, South Beach crew or CrossFit or whatever, you know, hey, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you're, if you're creating an identity from something mm -hmm. like that, like the food that you put in your mouth, then you're going to be sacrificing something if you, if you can't or find a reason to not yep. stick with it. Yeah, yeah, that makes a really good point. It's so because we do do that, eh? Oh, absolutely. I, and and it can be fun at first, but then it can also feel like okay, I'm just showing <laughs> off, right? <laughs> yeah, represent. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> See, and one thing I never ever ever do is wear a shirt that says therapist. <laughs> well, we should start. <laughs> no, thank you. Let's get them going. Let's get them made up. We'll call. Call a local place in town and get them done up for you guys. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, you, have, no. you guys will have lots of people <laughs> running at you guys. 
Yeah. See, there's, and, and that's something that some of my friends have had to come to understand is that if I am not your therapist, then I'm not going to be objective with you. And there's a big difference between me being your therapist and going, okay, so what do you think about yourself uh, because of this breakup? And, you know, friend me would be like, hate her. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, the, the objectivity of actually being able to be someone's therapist, that's very, very important. <laughs> there we go. So we've covered a lot of topics, obviously, in a short amount of time. So we talked about um, body dysmorphic disorder. We discussed um, the body positivity movement. And we've also discussed the uh, ever ongoing uh, <laughs> orthorexia uh, nervosa. So what are some final thoughts from you, Linda? So if people are noticing some, um, maybe some symptoms or whatever the case may be. I know it's kind of hard in these cases because especially with orthorexia, still kind of newer and everything, but, um, what are your thoughts? Like what, like, what should they do? Um, obviously we talked about CB, CBT, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, but what should their first move be? Well, as with any any disorder, any issue, any problem, you need to be able to define that problem. If you are, if you're feeling distress uh, a lot of the time over the same thing, and you know the moves that you have made to try to resolve that distress are not working, maybe you need to step back a little bit. You know, step back, look at it from a big picture perspective, because maybe I may be overpicking my appearance. And that's, that's where I think my distress is coming from. But truly, if I go deeper, that distress is about worrying that everyone's going to abandon me or leave me because of these things. And that's where the CBT comes in where I can go, is this true? Where's the evidence? What's the evidence against it? You know, really just asking myself these big questions. Uh, and also really journaling journal when you are distressed if you go on a private blog or go open up a word document go with a notepad on your phone write down exactly what you're feeling and what thoughts are contributing to these feelings just do it and then take a few days and then go back to it and look at what you wrote and ask yourself is this still true where's the evidence and now that maybe i feel a little bit better is this logical because then if you can get some perspective on what you're going through, you may start to realize that there's a bigger issue here. And uh, fixating on appearance, your appearance does not affect your value as a human being. I love that. It's so true. And I know it's, we all go through it, but it's, we feel it sometimes. So I think that that is super important to, to actually state. It does not affect your value as a human being. Well, as per usual, um, anyone who is listening, we have tons of amazing therapists at Kelly Mental Health uh, Clinic, and they specialize in a variety of areas. So the tips and tricks that Linda just provided for you. So if you are journaling and like, it's just, you feel like you need a little bit more, they're there and they are 100% available to you. You can contact them over the phone. Um, we have, we're doing online and um, in-person counseling sessions as well. You can do it through Zoom, whatever the case may be, but we'll make it work for you guys. So if you guys need anything, please do not hesitate to contact us. You can visit our Facebook page. 
literally it's simple as Kelly Mental Health on Facebook. Um, or you can call us here locally in Thunder Bay, uh, area code 807-767-38888. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We could talk about this series all day, every day, and I'm sure we will do another part three. <laughs> that sounds like something <laughs> we would do. Um, so, yes, was there anything else you wanted to mention, Linda? Uh, no, I think that's great. There's so many things that we can take care of. I just want to say sorry to anybody that listened this long uh, and putting up with our kind of all over the place world talk. This is a really big, big topic and there is no easy answer. At the very least, I hope that this uh, opens up the conversation for you, brings to light some of the distress, some of the issues that people face. And if you're facing it yourself, there is help available. You can learn more about it. Uh, you can find out just using some of the keywords Absolutely. that we use. All right. Until next time, this was episode seven. We will see you guys back here for episode eight. Bye guys.